Welcome to Learning with Lisa, Student Success Beyond Expectations podcast with Lisa Navarra, award-winning educator, consultant, behavior specialist, author, and parent. This podcast provides support for school leaders, educators, and parents. We share and discuss evidence-based resources that are embedded in social and emotional learning to meet the needs of students who struggle focusing and learning. Teachers and parents find information and strategies to improve students' academic, behavioral, and social-emotional performance. It's time to turn kids from I can't into I can. Welcome to Student Success Beyond Expectations. We bring you Yarni today, an inspired mom, a mom of two, with a daughter and a son. And with her firstborn, she noticed that he was not developing the way that she thought maybe even a three-year-old should. His speech was a little slow, his balance was off, and she decided to seek help. Eventually they, they went to early intervention where they've made gains. But not only did her son, Kirk, make gains, but so did Yarni. It inspired her to become an outreacher, an outreacher to parents and to children, to help them navigate their way, to process and understand what big feelings are, how to talk about them and how to connect with one of them. So if you're looking to connect with even yourself or your child, or you, you're a child and you want to connect with the loved ones around you, this is the podcast episode for you. Welcome, Yarni. Hello. Thank you so much, Lisa, for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, it's absolutely a pleasure. You're an inspiration. Could you tell my listeners a bit about your journey? You have your first child. You're noticing some things that are going on. And just explain that to us. What does oh, that look and feel like? So my son um, has muscular dystrophy and we knew when he was born, he had it, but we thought this onset would be a little bit later in life. However, when we started noticing around three, when he was like more independent and walking, he was falling down more. He couldn't keep up with his friends. He was complaining of his legs being tired as like a three-year-old could and his speech, like no one could understand him except for me. And I remember feeling as a mom, like, how can I feel okay if my son needs to communicate to people, if I'm the only one that can understand him, how, how can I, how can I do that? How can I, I can't be his translator at school. And I just wanted him to be able to um, feel like he had some resources to get him to where he wanted to be. And so that's why I saw out that early intervention that you said, and I'm so, so glad I did. I'm beyond so grateful that I did that. Tell us, why are you so grateful? What kind of progress have you seen that you think the early intervention was able to help with where if he didn't receive those services, he might be today? Um, oh gosh, this makes me like hit my heart. Um, really, that's a great question. Um, my son made leaps and bounds with this early intervention um, from, and I wish I had a clip of how he spoke because nobody could understand him. My parents couldn't, nobody did. And now if you listen to my son speak now, it's as clear as, it's as, clear as day. 
And so just that one fact of like early intervention, getting into speech therapy as fast as I could, that changed his world because he was finally able to communicate and people could understand. And those feelings of frustration that he had all of a sudden disappeared because he could say, Hey, this is this, I am speaking. I am my voice and it's not my mom translating for me. And then just with like physically, um, we had a physical therapist working with him. We had an occupational therapist. Um, my son couldn't walk upstairs. His balance was so bad. And now he's running up the stairs with my daughter and they're playing and my son wouldn't. And of course, like his muscular dystrophy, it's going to get worse. And we know that, but without this early intervention, I really don't think he could have the childhood that I wanted him to have if we didn't like intervene quickly so he could get those gains. And I hope that answers your question. Oh, it certainly does. Thank you. Yes. And tell us about how Kirk sees himself. Um, I feel like he sees himself very positively. Um, I, I feel like he knows himself and he's not ashamed of what his dis or what his diseases or this disability that, that people call it. Like he is very, um, comfortable with himself and he's very comfortable. I mean, we just went, um, to a park with some friends and his legs started acting up and he had enough courage to say, Hey, um, my legs are tired. I'm feeling sore. I need a rest because I have muscular dystrophy. And he was able to label. Wow. Like, and he spoke it and he wasn't ashamed. And so Kirk and his confidence and his self-awareness, I, I wish I had when I was seven, because I sure as heck did not have that, not at all. But my son is, he, he amazes me. He helps me be more confident or me to be the best I can be because he's just killing it out there. Ah, that's awesome. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, Isn't that what we want, especially for our own children? But even those that maybe you, your listeners on your podcast, and I know the students and my clients and my own son, that I want to really instill that confidence. But I'm going to tell you something, and this is my biggest passion. And Yarni, you tell me what you think about it. And my biggest passion is when you give children what they need at the time that they need it, they take it and they transform it into whatever they need so they can be self-aware and so they can have that confidence that we want for them, but we can't give them. They need to find it. What do you think about that? Oh, I a thousand times agree. And I think we as parents sometimes get in the way because we're like, oh no, I, I want to make sure he's doing this, but we need to be brave enough to give them the tools that they need in order to take what they need and run with it because they know what they need. These kids, our kids are smart and we need to trust that they know that. And it's kind of like trust yourself well enough and trust that you'll, you'll provide the early intervention. You'll provide the support. You'll provide whatever you need. And then you just kind of sit back and watch Like, of course, like practice and facilitate, do the homework, but let them lead and let them guide you. Cause I, I completely agree. And I can see why it's a passion of yours because it literally changes children's lives. And if it changes children's lives, it changes generations. And oh yes, yes. Mm-hmm. 
it changes children's lives, which changes generations. And that's the big picture. That's why when I, when I give my workshops, I go from teaching and I'll have a room full of educators, kindergarten through high school. Now, normally, cause you're a teacher, normally you'll have grade level, you'll have elementary, you'll have your professional development, middle school, high school, you'll have yours. Me, I'm like, put me in the room with all of them together because they need to know that the secondary educators need to know where the primary children are, where they came from. And we need to know as elementary and primary educators where they're headed because we can't silo. And that's what you're saying. What we do now, it, it affects not today, not just tomorrow, but years and other people to come. Oh, I like, of course. And I, I love that you bring together the educators because as educators in primary or secondary school, whichever, there is golden nuggets that they need in order to like, if we, I, I just, I feel like if we could bridge the education, it would just, oh, it would landslide, I think, children. Like it would be incredible. Like, cause there's things that my, my mom's a teacher and the way she teaches for her little kids and the way like I was taught to teach my high schoolers, very different, but I'm like, oh, that would have been perfect. Yes. If I just brought that over, like, yes. So yes, yes. yes we, we often think we're so different, but we're not. The children are bigger. <laughs> the rewards and consequences are different, <laughs> but it's really the same types of behaviors, essentially, like what drives them. And what drives them is, like you said, they know what they need to do, but oftentimes they don't know how. They know mm -hmm. they need to do whatever it is to get to their goal, but they don't know how. And that's what early intervention gave Kirk. It gave him the how. And with your support, with your husband's support, and with the little inspiration of that little 18 month old run up the stairs, it keeps him moving, you know? Mm -hmm. And that sounds like it really all together is, is working for him. Oh, it's, I mean, I would say the three-year-old I saw then versus the seven-year-old I see now, it's absolutely mind-boggling. It's, it's amazing. So, yeah. yeah. And it's inspired you so much to reach out to children and to parents. Talk to us about how you've reached out to children. Um, so what I have done is I have started a podcast that is meant for children to be facilitated by their parents. And these children listen to these stories that I write. And these stories that I write always tie to some type of an emotion. And there's, um, with those stories, I have connecting conversations that parents can have with their children. That's like, hey, um, how did this character feel sad? when have you felt sad? And then the parent can be like, oh, well, I felt sad here. And it allows this conversation of emotions to be had and then to be practiced. So it's comfortable. And I've just found with my son and his disability or his, the disease he has, the more he isolates his emotions, the better he can navigate whatever challenges he's facing. If he knows what he's feeling, then we can, we can tackle this problem. We can tackle this struggle. And so I started that podcast, like literally just like I, it was, it was inspired by him. And of course my daughter, but my daughter's 18 months. So she doesn't really listen as well. 
<laughs> but I'm sure you'll get her too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or at least you will. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> can you give us an example of a story or, you know, those big feelings or something where this can really be something concrete for our listeners to, to go and draw back on that would leave them with, you know, some, some more information to be able to help them too? Oh, yes, of course. So um, this happened in March. My son, we were in the midst of the pandemic, and my son has doing kindergarten online on Zoom. And one of his friends said something to him, and it really hurt his feelings. And he was trying to express himself, and he didn't have the words or the emotion, emotion words to isolate that feeling. And he was getting very upset. He was huffing and puffing, almost like a temper tantrum. But I had to like reel him in and be like, hey, no, we've got to step it back. And I laid him down in bed that night. And I was just like, I have got to find a better way for him. Like, Because I can't just say, oh, you're mad. Because it, it just wasn't clicking or it, it just wasn't computing. And so I wrote my first story and that was, um, it's called Little Leprechaun. And it's about a little leprechaun that travels through the colors and each color is a different emotion. And he explains what that motion looks like. And so the next day, like I wrote it in a night, I wrote the story and the next day I told him this story and my son was able to be like, oh, well, that's, that's the emotion. Like, that's what I felt yesterday. And then we were able to have a conversation. I was like, you know what, Kirk, it's okay. You felt that mommy's felt that. Did you know I had my feelings hurt when someone said this about me? And that's normal. Mommy has feelings too. And you have feelings and it's good to talk about them. And so, um, and then my friend was just like, Johnny, you should do a podcast like that. Cause I know I could have help with my kids. And so that was the, I hope that's a good enough story where my son yes. was really having a hard time finding words or finding how to have a conversation with me. And it was through this story, we were able to facilitate a conversation with a deeper meaning. So. And this is great. Even if you're playing in the car, you're riding in the car, you know, even from store to store or on longer trips or you're cooking in the kitchen, your kids are kind of hanging around. I mean, this can oh, really yeah. serve as such a nice little platform for that, for conversations. Oh, exactly. And the thing is, is I have them short. And what, what I have done with my son is we play them on our drive back from school. I'll play it. And then before, like, and it's this incredible connection we have created all on the drive back to home. And it's, it's really changed how my son has, I feel like been able to process the big feelings that he does feel because our littles feel a lot. They have, we feel a lot. We all, all of us have feelings that feel big yes. and yeah, there it's perfect. And you have some, some coloring pages that could be downloaded too. And I'll be sure oh, to yes. share. That so that's great. something I just started. Um, for each story that I write, I have an illustrator who's incredibly talented and she creates a story. So like my new February one, it's all about self-love and how to love yourself. Um, and it's a cute little groundhog hugging its shadow. Like, I'm so excited to release oh, that's that. great. Adorable. I will yes. have to use that with my clients and my students. I love it. I oh, love no, it. you should. Yeah. And it's all, that's all free because I feel like parents struggle finding resources and we don't need to pay one more thing, like a coloring page. That's easy. And then I know 
some of my friends, what they have done is while they're coloring, they'll listen to the story in color and then talk. And it's oh. really, really cool. That's really great. And I know a lot of our parents out there who have children with special needs, a lot of times writing is a concern from them. So coming from my point of view in terms of building up those skills and confidence, having something as adorable as self-love, timely in, in February for Groundhog's Day, right? And then you can easily have uh, a story that they write telling about how what's going on with the groundhog? Why is he hugging himself? Or how, how do you see the picture? And writing about it. And 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 you know what? You sometimes you get the child to become even more immersed when sometimes learning is hard. But mm -hmm. between the podcast, the coloring sheet, and saying, let's make up our own story, then you're actually practicing skills in a really fun way. So I think that's oh, really exactly. Cool. No, and it, it's fun to like, what I've tried to do is like bring the whole five senses into how I teach my children. And so like, that was a perfect way, like with our children that have a harder time learning, trying to find any way we can give that knowledge to them is perfect. And so that's excellent. Love it. You have such a very, very positive message from just being an educator to then turning into a mom to being inspired through the love of your son to create stories and now you're building it bigger to help other people if there was anything else that you would like to share with us Yarni, what would that be just that you can do it um i think that that's the biggest struggle that i faced with my son is i did not have belief that I could tackle this or that I could facilitate him well enough and believe in yourself, follow your gut, follow your heart and use those emotions that your son or your children have and that you have because those emotions can truly bring to light any hardship. And I, I just, there's so much power in emotions that I don't think people realize. And that has really, I feel like opened the floodgates of so much with my son and I and I wouldn't be there if I didn't fault like like believe myself and know that I could I could do this even though it looked hard and it is hard you can do this and um just follow your gut and you know what's best for your children trust you do we love it Yorni thank you so much for sharing your story with us sharing your resources with us and sharing your passion. We really appreciate it. Hopefully you will come back on and share where you are. And as your podcast explodes and your resources go and you have more wonderful stories to share with us, we hope that, that you will come visit us again. Oh, well, I would love to. And I just feel so honored that I could even share this space with you and your work. I am truly humbled to even know that it's just a greater picture that you're you're dealing with and that you are make I, I it's just humbling to know that there's somewhere out someone out there like you that's giving parents what they need because parents need this and you're doing just fantastic you guys stick with lisa she knows what she's doing so i didn't anyway, pay her to say you. that <laughs> no no this you is already, just what I do. You. So thank you thank you thank you well you know what when it feels really right when you follow your gut and you live your purpose right and i think mm -hmm. you're right there too Oh, well, trying. Every day's an effort, but thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks. We'll see you soon, okay? Okay, see you. Okay, bye. 
Thank you for listening to the Student Success Beyond Expectations podcast, where school leaders, educators, and parents meet on behalf of children who struggle with learning. To bring workshops to your school or organization, contact Child Behavior Consulting and get started with resources available at childbehaviorconsulting.com, Amazon, and teacherspayteachers.com for ready-to-use resources and children's books. If you enjoyed this podcast, remember to review, subscribe, share, and give us a shout-out on social media.